Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, we have a blast from the past. It's been a while since he's been on, but uh, Dill is back and it is just me and him. We have so many of these episodes where it's just you and I. Um, we do. <laughs> so we have been off. The last episode we did was the day before the draft. We were not on last week. Um, and we will get to the draft. I mean, it is a big thing for us. It's part of our, our mantra as football fans here. But we're going to start, as we always do, kind of with uh, the NBA right now. The playoffs are going. We're down to eight teams. Um, and we're just going to run through each series, kind of talk about it for a little bit and see how it's going. Uh, currently, since we always do it, as you all know, we, we, pod, uh, we record on Wednesday night. And right now it's Milwaukee and Boston are playing each other. Um, this series has been gritty. I will say that. Uh, I, I guess I don't know any other word to say with it. It's it's like game one, you thought Boston was done. Game two, you're like, okay, Boston's back. Game three, it was just, it, it's like, it hasn't been a solid series. I don't think any of these series have been solid series, solid, great games, but they've been, they, I, I say that, let me take that back. They've been good games, but just, I guess, not classics. Does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, I think you've had some classic type games. Like, I feel like, I feel like Milwaukee and um, Milwaukee and uh, Boston, Boston have had a like a good hard, hard series uh, that's been fun to watch. Um, Memphis and Golden State, I think, had a not a classic, but they had a good back and forth before Jaws injury. Um, and so it's it's been it's been interesting. Uh, each series has its own storylines that have been pretty yeah. pretty intriguing in different ways. I want to ask you since I started off with the Boston Milwaukee series. Gian- Giannis has played great, plain and simple. Giannis has played Giannis basketball. He's powered through the game. Um, you know, right now it's we got we're halfway through the fourth quarter. He's 34 points, nine rebounds, three assists. I mean, that's what he's supposed to do. You know, that's that's a normal stat line for Giannis. Um, I'm going the opposite side, uh, other team. Tatum has been hot and cold. Um, we've had this conversation before that this was kind of like a, a Tatum year. You know, this was his time to shine. This was his time to, to be the guy. And I, I, I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, he's got 28 points, you know, six rebounds, four assists. So he's had a good stat line. If he loses this series, does it hurt him? No, I don't think it hurts Tatum. I mean, I don't think it hurts anyone on the, on Boston. I think it's a letdown for sure because yeah. you, because you expect as Boston right now with the way that the team, I mean, what they were at the in December was terrible. They yeah, were below 500. True. They were not a good team. And then they turned it around. And since essentially January 1st, they've been a whole new team. They've been maybe, honestly, but, maybe the best team in basketball. I would say, I would say that, since, yeah. Since, since January, January 1st. Um, like Golden State was probably the best team to start the season. Phoenix has had the best consistent year all year round, but Boston might've been the best team since January 1st. Um, So I don't think it really hurts them. I mean, it it stings, but Tatum's, I think put the, put the league on notice that he's, he's one of the guys like he went to, and they swept Brooklyn. Yeah. And he took it, he took it to KD who's at the table, who one of the leaders at the table. Yeah, he, he's, and he yeah. said, he said, nope, you're going home. Uh, and he, he brought it to him and they, they swept him and they, he's come to Giannis, the reigning fi- champion, the reigning yeah. finals MVP. And he has it back down. Now he's been hot and cold. Even today he's, he's got currently about 28 points, but he's been a little inefficient. Uh, yep. He's under 50% from the field. He's two of 11 from three. Um, but he's getting it done. And the thing about Tatum is even though he's inefficient, he's getting others involved. He plays solid defense on the other side. And so he helps them. Now, what it does do is I think 
I, I, I don't know, honestly, if I flip it to the other side, some people would say if, if Giannis loses this after winning the title last year, like, it's not a good look, but he doesn't have Chris. I was going to say, his number two, like his if, Robin is gone, so. If, if you look at the, the team, Giannis is averaging on the playoffs 30, 13, and 7 with a 21-player efficiency rating. The next best player on the team is Drew Holiday. He is he's averaging 18 and a half, five rebounds, six assists with a 10 player efficiency rating. The next best player efficiency rating is Brooke Lopez at 13. Like that, he just does not have the help right. that's necessary. And he's got them 2-2 with Boston, who might be the best team in the league since January 1st. Yeah. Like I, to I me, agree. that's more that's that's more in favor of Giannis than against Giannis. Right. I um, think I think Giannis is still – I don't know. I think Giannis has put – you know, he put the league on notice a couple of years ago. Um, but I think and, Giannis is starting to draw people to want to come to Milwaukee to play with him uh, and to buy into that culture. And so I think even if they don't get it this year, there's some interest, intriguing free agents this offseason that if they can draw one – maybe not even a big name, but just like some key role players to kind of revamp that team. I think they, they, they have what it takes to, to maybe do a a little bit of a dynasty when, when two out of the next four, three out of the five, next five, something like that. Yeah. Um, because Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now. Yeah. I don't think I have any issues saying that Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now. Yeah, although um, I think you know, as it says, it's our we have a two-time MVP, which we could talk about too. Um, back-to-back MVP with the Joker. Oh, he's I. Yeah, I don't think he's still. He, I mean, I love I love Jokic, but, but I yeah, think I, agree, I, I know I agree with you say. I still yeah. Giannis and is I, also a two-time MVP, I think, right? And the uh, finals yeah. champion and, and a finals, finals MVP. MVP. Yeah, he's got all the he's got the accolades he needs. Um. Or, but I, I don't even. And he's still in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't even get into the jo- the Joker pick because I really think that it should have been Embiid. But, um, so we'll go with that. Next game, you did say you know putting people on notice, and I'm going to go to your team. You know it, the Golden State Memphis. You said it yourself. John Morant's been out. He was out game four. They played again tonight. It doesn't look like he's going to play again tonight. He's doubtful for the rest of the playoffs, yeah, whether so, they advance or not. Um, he's put the league on notice, you know, I heard it, you know, he could be the face of the NBA soon, you know, but Steph and clay, I mean, that, that your team is, is, is pretty much, it looks like the old 73 and 10, you know, 73 and nine. I'm sorry. 73 and nine. I was about to say that my, my math didn't add right there when I said it. Um, I, I can't, I can't knock Golden State. They played tremendous basketball. Uh, it, it, you know, and they showed it last game without Ja. They just made him show everything. Yeah, I. So the thing that frustrates me, I feel like every time I talk about the Warriors, I talk about something that irritates me in the media. Um. And the thing that irritates me is when people talk about Steph Curry, Steph Curry might be my, my weakness when people talk about anything ill about Steph. There's, I mean, I'll talk when Steph does stupid stuff about Steph, that, that was stupid. Like I, I'm the first one to say that, but some people in, in, in talk shows recently have talked about, or not recently, just over the last couple of years that Steph Curry doesn't show up in the playoffs. Steph Curry it hasn't been the best team plus player on a championship team. He never won finals MVP, all this yada, yada, yada trash that spews from people's mouth um, because we can go into it and, and talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it, but they say he doesn't come up clutch at the end of games. Well, look at the game that they just played game four with no jaw. The team played terrible. Like the Warriors were awful in the first half i think they were two of 20 or two of yeah. 21 from from three or from yeah from three 
Like they were Steph and Clay couldn't hit uncontested threes. Like they were just awful. Shouldn't have been in the game. Should have got blown out. And Steph Curry down double digits in the fourth quarter puts up 18 points, hits clutch free throws down the stretch, hit a couple clutch shots to ignite the run. And they win the game, a game they shouldn't have won. And no one wants to talk about it. Like he's, he's a clutch player. And then you look at it on the other side, what was it, game one, when Draymond got ejected? It was game one, yep. And the, game that two game, was... when, he got, when he got ejected, I literally said, the Warriors are going to lose this game. Like, I was like, they, don't, they have no business winning this game. They don't have Draymond. It was a close game at half, right when, right when Draymond got ejected, and they still had the whole second half to play, and I was like, they're not going to win. I was like, they just don't have – they won't without Draymond. And they played really well and won the game. And yeah. so, I I mean, it comes down to talent versus experience. And the Warriors have talent and experience. Memphis has talent. They don't have the experience. If this is two years from now with the same Memphis team, I think Memphis would win this series because yeah. they would have the experience and they're a very talented team. Yeah, I but, – but right now they don't have the they, – they're going through their – they're taking their lumps as they're getting to where they need to go or where they want to go. Yep. Well, I heard this I heard this analogy today, and I loved it, is Memphis is what, like, old-school 90s, 80s basketball, gritty, coming up through the draft, not through, like, you know, people going to Memphis and stuff like that. You know, in the 80s, you had the Boston Celtics who were dominating everything. And then you had the team like the Detroit Pistons who just couldn't get past them, couldn't get past them, just fight, 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 but could not finish it. And then, you know, they finally did it. They beat Boston, and then they took over, you know, you know, champion after champion after champion. And then they had that Chicago Bulls team coming up, couldn't get past Detroit, couldn't get past Detroit. The Jordan rules came out, and then Chicago did it. And then after Chicago did it, it seemed like everybody started putting teams together more than just building teams up through draft, you know, through. Uh, you know who else they remind me of? Gold State. Exactly. Yeah. So people always want to talk about they ignorant. Well, this is how I, I think, feel ignorance of people. When they say Golden State bought their trophies or bought their, I'm like, you obviously have zero idea what you're talking about. Like I think, none. I think the biggest issue is, is everybody. And I, I mean, we've had this conversation is, is everybody still going to always say because they brought in KD, they'd already won it. They'd already done everything. You're right. I will give it to you. But the two titles that they won with KD is what that that's the tarnish is they well, that's the thing, though, but that's good team building. I mean, right. I don't want to get too sidetracked. You I know, build, I know. You build through the draft, and then you add the requisite pieces that you need to well, win a win a trophy. And they, I mean, Steph, Clay, Draymond. I mean, right now you have those three plus Kaminga, plus Jordan Poole, plus Moses Moody, all those guys that are homegrown players that are. And the Warriors couldn't get past your Clippers for like two or three years. Yeah, Clippers couldn't get past it the second round but the but the uh, the Warriors couldn't get past the Clippers uh and then they finally broke through and then they they went to the mountaintop uh and that's what I think you're saying that Memphis is on uh, that they're having to they're, do is they're get coming those, yeah get through those. I, I think the biggest thing is is like you know like we were just talking about with Milwaukee Milwaukee has a chance you know they got Chris Middleton who's the the, the bat the Robin to Giannis's Batman I like Desmond Bain. I like Dylan Brooks, but I don't see either one of them as the Robin to jaw. Yeah. He's still looking for the guy. Um, Jaron Jackson, everyone thought was the guy, but he he's had moments, but right. he hasn't consistent. He's, I mean, he was a DPOY finalist um, and he's, he has some offensive skill, but he's not a go-to offensive weapon. Bain is the closest thing to that on next to jaw but they might they might need one more piece like yep. a wing like a longer like a, bigger wing yeah who can come in and and establish and kind of take that team to the next level so i know imagine I, I, I never mind I, I was gonna say i imagine for example he's my example for a lot of things 
dropping in Brad Beal to this team, who's a free Ooh. agent this offseason. Yeah, yep, he is. Uh, uh, like, ooh. that would be, like, Jaw, Desmond Bain, Bradley Beal, Jaron Jackson, or so, Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson at yeah. the five. That's a scary team. Yep. I mean, we, we could get into this. and oh, Yeah, we could get into a lot of this. And, and I, I don't want to do that let's yet. Let's move on to the let's, next. Let's get. Okay, I didn't ask you this. Uh, out of the Milwaukee-Boston series, who do you think's got that series? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's honestly really tough. I want to say Milwaukee, but I think Boston's just too good right now. I honestly think whoever wins this game wins the series. As it is right now, it's less than two minutes, and it's 105-99, Boston. It's a six-point yeah. lead. I mean, six points think, is nothing, though. I think it's Boston because, one, I like I just said, I think whoever wins this game wins the series. But Boston just has too many weapons right now. Yeah. And Milwaukee's just outgunned. They lost. Yeah. Chris, if, with Chris Middleton, Milwaukee wins the series. Yep. I think Milwaukee wins the series in six. Without Chris Middleton, I think they probably lose in six. Yeah. I think they might lose because I, I think Giannis is just getting gassed. Like, I think he's just too tight. Like, he just can't so, carry it all. You think Golden State closes out tonight? I know I don't want – I'm not trying to jinx it. Just – I think they do. I think okay. they – I think if they don't, they close it out in game six. I think there's a better than not chance. I think – so, I don't – my percentages won't add up to what I just said. But I think <laughs> there's a there's a greater than 60% chance that Golden State loses this game because it's at home in Memphis – uh, the role players usually play better, oh. and the energy is going to be different. So I think there's a better than not chance they lose it, but I don't think they lose it. I think they win it and close it out, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lost it. Now, the, the, this next game I want to talk about, this next series, it's going to be a quick talk because it's pretty much done, unfortunately. Um, I feel bad for a player on in this series, and that's about it. And that's Miami and Philly. It's over. Miami's got this series done. It's wrapped up. It's it's 3-2. They're going to Philly, but it don't matter. Embiid, I feel bad for him. I really do because I really think he deserves it. I think he's he's earned his spot to be further in the final, you know, closer in the, in the conference finals at least. And he just can't do it. He gets teammates who just don't play well with him, who don't help him at all. I should say don't play well with him. They don't help him at all. Um, so... I don't know. I mean, there's not much else I can say. Miami's a scary good team. I will say that they are a scary good team. Whoever takes it from Boston and, and Milwaukee, they've got their work ha- cut out for them in the conference finals. But I don't have really much to say else about that because Miami just is going to take this series. It's going to end tomorrow night. It's over. Yeah, I I wish Joel had somebody who would help him i really honestly this is probably a podcast for another day but i just don't know why james harden seems like he fell off a, a cliff like yeah like i know he like he was playing well with brooklyn he started off really well with philly but then he's just disappeared think, yeah it's, and it's... I, I don't know if it's some like lingering injury if he's out of shape i don't know well, what... and it's just <laughs> Like Tyrese Maxey looks like the number two on that team yep. when it comes to offensive scoring. And I don't think James Harden needs to be a guy who's putting up 30 and 12 and, and seven. Can, yeah. I think he's, but I think he's got to be effective and efficient, something that James Harden's never been efficient. <laughs> um, but I think he's got to be better and improve his efficiency and be in better shape. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember if I said this on the podcast or not, but when the trade went down, it made sense, and I liked it when it came to, to Embiid and Harden, but I didn't like the depth that my that Philly lost in Seth Curry and Andre yep. Drummond and, and those guys that they lost that were key pieces that I think could supplement this if with, the, with James Harden playing the way he is, it could supplement it. But, yeah, I think Miami's a good team. Uh, I think them versus Phil Boston would be a really Ooh, interesting series. That'd be a good one. Um, but no, Milwaukee without Middleton would not be as interesting to me. Yeah, I don't know when Middleton's projected to come back, but it would be an interesting thing. By the way, M- Milwaukee just tied the game. 37 seconds left. Uh, Almost want to watch it. 
but yeah let's finish the last series what do you think about uh the um philly or phoenix and and dallas and that series is what three two three two phoenix Phoenix with game Um, game game six six tomorrow tomorrow. yeah i will say this i thought phoenix in dallas yeah i thought phoenix had this series pretty much set i thought it was not going to be a hard series for phoenix but it just seems like Devin Booker's kind of had some issues with turnovers and things going on. Chris Paul's doing everything he can to take this series out. And what worries me is he has a problem staying healthy in the playoffs. I don't want him getting hurt. And then he's out. And this is, you know, another year where CP3 is done. But he's like right now he's played his best basketball in the playoffs, period. I liked Phoenix going into this playoff to be the contender. And it just has the, I don't know, Golden State and Phoenix. I worry with CP3 going against Curry and his, in his, like, you know, the ghosts to come out for him. Um, you know, but I want Phoenix to take this series right now. Like, I want them to take this series tomorrow night especially if Golden State wins tonight. I I don't want to give – you don't want to give Golden State – One game – you don't want to give them much time, but do you want to play a game seven against Luka? Well, that's what I'm saying is, is also you don't want to give Golden State time to rest and, and regroup on whoever they have to play with against. You want Phoenix – Phoenix needs to win tomorrow night so that way – it's it's game you know game one starts on Sunday or Saturday, I should say. You know, I just I I like don't get me wrong. I think Luke is another person that needs his Robin. Dallas needs yeah, to go and find his Robin for him. Yeah, he hasn't found that yet. And and if they can find his Robin, Dallas is going to be a scary team for a very long time because if they find a young Robin. They could be a scary team. So, yeah i I thought the series was over two zero because Dallas looked overmatched. Uh, but then the rest of the team, Jalen Brunson, those guys stepped up uh, and bailed Luca out. <clears throat> and i i I think a Luca in a game seven is a scary proposition for Phoenix. Not yeah. that like Phoenix is clearly the better team. Yes. But Luca might be the Luca is the best player on the court in that series. Yes. I and it's well, not it's not a wide margin. It's not a wide margin. It it that might be a little bit more of a controversial statement than I think. But Luca, I think, is the best player on the court, like pure talent wise, skill wise, ability wise. I think it's Luca. And having Luca in a game seven, that I don't know, that would be scary to me if I'm Phoenix. You're like, but most people will say, well, that's one guy, you can contain it. But Luca, when Luca's rolling, he's getting other guys open because he's driving. Then you have to collapse. Then you got Kleba, you've got uh, Jalen Brunson, you've got uh, Finney Smith all open. And you might say, who the heck are those guys? Like, those guys are, but they hit shots. When they're in rhythm, they hit shot after shot. Kleba hit six or eight threes in one of these last couple games. So, like, they have the ability to go off. Uh, and so, getting to a game seven would scare the pants off of me if I'm Phoenix. Um, you have the better team, but I think Dallas is the best player in the series. And so, that would be very, very scary for me as a Phoenix son's player and fan i know chris will disagree with me probably (laughs) but i would be scary to me i want them to take this series to seven so one golden state can close it out tonight and two that uh oh my gosh sorry i have the game live so do Uh, i so do i i just sorry uh uh milwaukee Giannis missed the free throw to tie it up but then the Celtics missed the rebound. The Bobby Porters put it back, and now they're up one with 11 seconds left. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I think with uh, Luca, 
in that series, I think you don't want to get to a game seven. For me personally, I wanted to go to game seven. Golden State close it out because it gives us some more time, like you said, to rest. But it also gives Gary Payton more time to rest and potentially come back from a from his fractured elbow. So that's my selfish wish. But we'll see what happens. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. Um, this game will probably be ending when while we're on our break here on our commercial. Um and when we get back, we're going to talk about the NBA or the NFL draft. Ooh, that was a good. Um, and uh, how we feel about, you know, what happened two weeks ago. A lot of stuff happened during the draft first night. So we'll talk about that in a second. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, we're back. Um, and when we started this podcast, still, um, we did what? Almost five episodes five first five episodes were all about the draft there was a lot more going on in that draft though than this one um but yeah two weeks ago draft happened nine trades in the first round open uh, besides the trades that happened before the draft actually started there were nine trades on that thursday night um there was a lot going on we had some shockers uh you know, AJ Brown, he didn't want to, he wanted some money. Now he got a new team and money and money. Um, out of the nine trades, I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to start this one. What, who do you think made the best trade to impact their team? Uh, the biggest impact <clears throat> I would say was probably AJ Brown. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I lied. I'm going to take that back. I think AJ Brown was the, I don't know. I'm torn. I think one <laughs> of the biggest, I think a sneaky big is the Jets trading back into the first round for Jermaine to take Johnson. Jermaine Johnson. Uh, because you pair Jermaine Johnson with Carl Lawson, who missed all of last year, with Quinnen Williams, and with John Franklin Myers on that front line. And that gives me, and obviously they're not to the level that I'm about to say, but it gives me 2018, 2019 San Francisco 49ers vibes when you dropped in Nick Bosa with all those guys. Um, that's what it, obviously Jermaine Johnson is Nick Bosa, but it gives me those kinds of vibes where you have four guys who can rush the passer, can defend the run, and can cause havoc with just four guys up there when you dropped in a rookie. You think Robert Sala's building that? I mean, he was that 2018, 2019. He was, yeah, he, he was. And I think that's what it was. I mean, you've got to imagine what Robert Sala is doing in that draft room when they get past 10. And they, I guarantee Jermaine Johnson was a conversation at 10, Garrett Wilson or Jermaine Johnson. And they went with Garrett Wilson. And then you get to 15 and Johnson's on the board. You see Sala like, uh, why is he he's salivating? He's, he's like, like, he's just he's salivating. Like, okay. He's like, he's like, I want to trade up. The price is probably too high. I'm not going to do it. Then you get to 20 and you're like, hey, Joe, you're like, Robert Sala's like, hey, Joe, um, we need to get back up in here. Uh, Make some, Johnson's yeah. is still there. Like, get on the phone. This guy. And, and, and then they, they said from, I forget what pick Joe Douglas said. They were calling really early into the middle of the first round to yep. get back in to get Jermaine Johnson, and it just didn't work all the way until 26 with Tampa. Uh, or no, that was Jags that traded with Tampa. But they didn't work until – but they jumped in front of Tampa because I'm pretty sure Tampa would have taken Jermaine Johnson oh, yeah. at 27 if he was still there. Um, I think that was the point was they had to get in front of Tampa because that was the only yeah. team that, that needed somebody. Would, but I think that that gives me 49ers vibes of 2018-2019 when they drafted Nick Bosa, dropped him into that team, and then they went to the – I'm not saying the Jets are going to the Super Bowl, but it gives me those kinds of vibes. Um, I think the Jets are going to be a really sneaky good team this year. Um, yeah. But but that's my I mean, bigger one. I think you would probably say A.J. Brown, right? I, I'm going to say A.J. Brown. I think right now um, when it came to – Philly, there was a lot of talks of, you know, is Hurts the guy? Is Hurts the guy? 
and they didn't have the weapons. They didn't think they had weapons to make him the guy. The number one need that they had coming into this draft was wide receiver. I mean, granted, they had other, you know, defensive needs, of course, and they did address it, but they needed um, a wide receiver to complement Smith. And um, they went out and got a guy who's they, they didn't they don't have to teach. They went out and got a guy who's established in the NFL. He is a top. 2015 wide receiver who's big bodied has has great mobility great hands can you know can play off of you know Devonte and 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 make himself open um i mean you had ryan Tannehill just throwing like dynamite to him and he would still catch it yeah so I think that has to be a steal in the sense that you can't, if Jalen Hurts doesn't play well this season, then next, it's a good thing that they did this this season because then, you know, next year with the, the, the QB heavy draft next year, they can find another, they can find out who their guy is going to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, Okay. Our own personal teams aside. So you can't pick Tampa, which I don't know if you felt how Tampa's draft went anyway. I can't pick Atlanta. Who do you feel had the best upside to their draft? Like after this, that like two weeks ago, their team is insanely, I shouldn't say insanely. Their team is better. Let's say it that way. Their team is, they've won at least two more games just because of this draft alone. My answer is the same. New York Jets. Okay. I, I, ha- I have to agree with you. I do. Um, I mean, the Jets, I mean, Sauce Gardner is, is besides the fact that he couldn't find the stage, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he's, he's a solid corner. He's a shutdown corner. Garrett Wilson, solid. He's probably, Garrett Wilson's probably the best wide receiver coming out of this draft for his size, for his, for his abilities, for his, his routes, everything. Like you just said, coming up in 26 and getting Jermaine Johnson. Second round, picking up Brees Hall, who's a solid running back. I say that because I am looking at him as my one-two in our in our draft tomorrow night. Um, so Holcomb, if you want to take him, take him at 1-1. One, one, just then so you, you know. take Jeremy Ruckert in the third round. I know. Jer- I was going to say, you, you've got a tight end to help out with Oz- Ozama. I mean, and Conklin. And Conklin. Jeez, more I read this, I, I have to give. I mean, what it does though. I mean, I is, would say the next best draft is the Ravens, but the Ravens, you already like technically can the Ravens be two games better because of all their injuries and what they did? Yes. I would say, yeah, they're gonna be two but, games better just by staying healthy. Yeah, um, but like I mean, the the we can talk about the Ravens draft because the Ravens crushed it. Oh, yes. Uh, but the I think the the Jets had the biggest impact in relation to where they were to where they potentially should be in this season yes i agree um i think i think the jets it's going to put a lot of pressure on zach wilson which it needs to do um it's going to put a lot of pressure on robert sala which it needs to do um but again you said it yourself baltimore's draft is was just perfect i mean Um, they got they got four guys that were and talks to be in the first round. Yep. I mean, you got Kyle Hamilton, who was projected at times in the top five. You had Tyler Linderbaum, who's the best center in the draft in the second in the first round. Then you got David Ojaba, who before he tore his Achilles was a top 12 pick. Then you had Travis Jones, who teams had mocked to Tampa in the first round or early second round. And you got him in the third. Then you got Daniel Filele to uh, your right tackle, who is projected as a second round pick in the fourth round. Like, then you added uh, Jordan Stout, who's a really good punter. We don't talk about punters a lot, but he was the top three punter in this draft, and usually like top three punter. Who the heck cares? Uh, but this was a stacked specialist draft. Uh, yes. In terms of punters and even even one or two kickers, 
And Stout was one of the top three. And that's not saying like, oh, he was the best one and they all weren't really that good. No, all the punters were really good. Or the top three punters were really good. And they got one of those who can kick, who's kicked field goals before, who does kickoffs, who punch really well. They got him. Then you added Isaiah Likely, who some had as a top three or four tight end in this in this draft. Uh, and you got him in this in the in the fourth round as well. So I think they just crushed the draft. Yeah, I, I would have to definitely agree with you. Um, the Baltimore has just made themselves, if they stay healthy, a very scary team um, for the AFC North. Um, I had to go. I don't know. They are. I'm sorry. They're AFC East or West. No, East. Am I right? I AFC just went blank. North. It is AFC North. Okay. I don't know why my brain's going neutral. Um but yeah, I, I think Baltimore eleven picks. They 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 maneuvered themselves well to pick up places and things that you did like they like you said they picked up players in the late rounds that should have been gone already, and and they did perfectly what they needed to do. Uh, I I think they're if they like I said if they stay healthy they're winning more games, but adding these guys will make it a solidified. Like if Lamar Jackson gets out on that field, I know he's having his little talks about his, his contracts, but if Lamar Jackson gets out on that field with the players that they've added in this draft, just alone, this is going to be a great team to watch. Yeah. I will say two teams that I hate to say actually (laughs) did good in their draft. Um, One being Kansas city. I think they did really well in their draft. Um, yeah, and then also I I really do think Atlanta did pretty well in their draft. Um, I said I couldn't Greg say London, it. Taking Arnold Ebikete, I liked him. Who's a who's a potential first rounder, getting him in the second round. Adding Troy Anderson, one of the better inside linebackers in this draft, and then taking Desmond Ritter, who we've had I personally yeah. think was probably the best quarterback in the draft. Yeah, we me and you have had conversations uh, off this off, and you off get him this in the podcast. Third round. Yeah. Like that's like if you took him in the second round, that's probably like, and and me saying that's a little bit of a reach is not to reflect that Desmond Ritter isn't a good quarterback. I don't think this quarterback class there was any first rounders. Uh, like there was none that were like can't miss. And when I say yeah. Desmond Ritter is my favorite, and I think he could be the best, is saying he could be a top twelve quarterback in the NFL. But yeah, he getting be... that in the third round. Like that's solid. Yeah. You didn't waste. And that doesn't preclude you from taking Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. If you end up at the top two or three pick next year. Nope. No, it does not. It, I mean, he is not solidified as our starter. We have Mariota as our starter. Um, Ritter could build himself to be a great quarterback and he has opportunity to show as the number two possibly, but yeah. And I hate the fact that he's into my division because I like Ritter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, reference my Cincinnati love all fall last year. <laughs> yeah, I, I will have to agree with you. Um, Kansas City had a great, um, you know, moving there. They moved around well and still picked up a great wide receiver in Sky Moore. Um, in the second, late second round. In the late second round, who is going to be somebody's fantasy person very quickly, I have a feeling. Um, so, yeah, I think this, this draft – although was not huge names was not crazy big names. Like this is the guy, this is it. It still was a, an interesting draft. And I think teams maneuvered themselves well that needed to. Um, I do want to ask you, you said it earlier that, you know, none of these quarterbacks were really should have been first rounders, but yet, Pittsburgh took Kenny Pickett as the first round as the number 20 pick thoughts. I'm just going to say it that way. I don't even know how to, how to phrase a question there. I like Kenny Pickett to debt to Pittsburgh. I don't like it in the first round just because like I said, I don't think any of the quarterbacks were first round worthy. Um, but all it takes is one team to see that and no no team knew Kenny Pickett better than Pittsburgh. I was to say they, share, they yeah. shared a facility. They were there all the time. They could see him, uh, and they had intel that other teams probably just 
frankly didn't have. But to me, sometimes that would scare somebody off. Knowing way more than other people, you know all the ins and outs, and they still took him. Uh, which to me seems like that they they think he's good. But I um, but I see I like Kenny Pickett there. I mean, I everyone knows I'm a big Mitch Trubisky guy, so I didn't think that uh, Pittsburgh needed to draft somebody this year. I think they should have let Trubisky kind of just play it out, see what happens, and and punt to next year in a deeper quarterback draft. Yep. Um, but I don't hate the pick because they didn't have to move up. I would have hated the pick a lot more if they had to move up and give up extra capital to go get Kenny Pickett. But I like the fact that they went, they waited, and they got to pick who they wanted, and they, they didn't get the second or third guy. They got the one guy that they wanted, and that was Kenny Pickett. Um, I think Pickett's a good quarterback. I think he has the potential to be a top, 12 to 15 ish quarterback. Um, I don't think he's going to be a team that, or a guy that's a top five quarterback ever in the NFL. I just don't see it, but I see him as more of a 12 to 15 guy, like a Kirk cousins, Derek Carr, uh, Ryan Tannehill esque guy. Who's a, who's a good starter above average, uh, but needs things around him uh, to no. make him better. I know some people are going to hate me saying this, but is but it, they it, have a lot of weapons. I mean, they have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. They drafted George Pickens. They have Fryermuth. They have Najee. They need a better line, but they have that, and then they have the defense. So he doesn't have to go out and like he's not Trevor Lawrence getting dropped into Jacksonville. Like he's getting dropped anything, into a better yeah. situation. Right, I agree. I, I agree. You know, Trevor Lawrence when he came out last year, he had no line. Nothing. Um, and an incompetent coach. Yeah, that didn't help. And, and and that will be one thing Kenny Pickett does not have to worry about. Mike Tomlin is not incompetent. Um, he is, you know. I, Once I think, you give your thoughts on this, I want to ask you a question about a pick. Okay. Um, I My thing with Kenny Pickett was not even, like, you know, the whole talks of his hands and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I don't care. If he could throw the ball, he could throw the ball. Um. As long as it gets there and it's accurate, it doesn't matter what his hand size is. Uh, if, if it's going to be that bad, you'll know it after a couple of games because defensive players will will show it. Um, I I think Kenny Pickett is kind of what they needed. Um, I don't that doesn't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Um, I liked Malik Willis there more than Pickett, but. Like I said, like you just said, Mike Tomlin, you know, that whole Pittsburgh, you know, facility is, is shared to, you know, the Steelers and, and the University of Pittsburgh share the facility. They see him every day. They may have seen something that they could build on. Um, they have weapons. They just needed somebody to kind of put the, you know, put the ball into those weapons hands and let them do their thing. Only time's going to tell, in a sense. Uh, but I, it, may, it won't even tell this year because Mitch Trubisky is going to have the start once the, you know, the season starts. So we'll just see how – we'll just have to wait and see what happens with it. So what's your question? What do you think about Jacksonville taking Trayvon Walker at one over uh, Aiden Hutchinson? So if, if, if anybody heard my, my conversation uh, last Wednesday – I wanted Trayvon Walker in Atlanta at eight. And originally I wanted Trayvon Walker as our, as our number, our first pick in the second round. That's how far he was before the combine. Um, he had a great combine. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'll be honest. I love the kid. I hope he does great. I don't know if Jacksonville reached, I think in some way, shape or form, I think Jacksonville hooked up Detroit. Oh, Detroit couldn't turn that card in fast enough. Yeah. That um, I actually, it actually came out after that. The NFL got mad at them because they turned in their pick too fast. Yeah. I, I saw, I mean, yeah. Cause it was like, it was funny. Cause I, I like, I was watching the, 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 the draft and it says, you know, with the first pick, Jacksonville Jaguars select Trayvon Walker. And then, you know, he's 
he they're showing him and he just it was funny because like they show him and he's like yeah i'm here whatever uh-huh sure okay yeah i'm going to jacksonville okay and everyone's like oh wow he does not look happy and then like before they even you know started talking about the pick detroit is up detroit's pick is in it's like whoa hey hello i knew that was going quickly uh, yeah. once that Trayvon Walker pick is, is in, I don't know if Tori even remembers, but I literally said to Tori, because we were setting up our new house and putting stuff together, and I literally said to Tori, Jacksonville cannot run this pick fast enough to get Aiden Hutchinson. And literally, like then it was like ding, Detroit pick is in. And I yeah. was like, I was like, I wonder who this is. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean uh, yeah, I, I I mean I will say this. Um Detroit should send a gift basket and some different exactly. things to Jacksonville and say, thanks, guys. We really appreciate But, like, I don't hate the pick. Like you said, I like Trayvon Walker. But you're betting on traits, and you're betting on your D-line coach to, to develop to, those to, traits, to develop him, uh, yeah. which isn't a bad bet because if he hits, he's got, oh, yeah. he's got major upside. But His ceiling is, is out of his higher is, is, yeah. is super high. I mean, I think Aiden Hutchinson's ceiling uh, is a, is really high as well. Like a lot of people think, like, oh, he's finished. He's he's as good as he's gonna be. Aiden Hutchinson's a freak athlete. He has one yep. of the best three cone times. The bet he his three cone time is on pace with Von Miller. Like was Von Miller like, faster than Von Miller? If I'm if I'm not mistaken, he's an athlete. Dude's a freak. But Trayvon's a little bit more of a freaky athlete. So there's a chance Trayvon has a higher upside, but I don't think it's by much. I think Aiden had probably the best floor out of the two of them, but I don't know. So after this draft, okay, I know we just had this conversation about who made their team better. Besides the position of quarterback, Detroit's team, After I'll say this, next season, by the end of next year's draft, by the end of next year's draft, by, if, if Detroit can have a top five pick in next year's draft and get the last piece that they need on that offense, which is a quarterback, it's over. Detroit has become a solid team. I mean, you're looking at this. DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams, TJ Hawkinson. There's your, your, your weapons. They have a solid offensive line and they just built that. They're building that defense up. What's the one piece that's missing? Nothing against Jared Goff. He's a solid quarterback in the top. Okay. Chris is going to. Yeah. Okay. Let me just recant what I just said. I can't. Yeah. I just recant it, but their coaching staff is you said it yourself last year. I want to play for Detroit. I just want to play for the coach. And now you put a quarterback in that position. That's, you know, a solid quarterback. If I'm, if I'm Detroit, here's the question. If I, if you're Detroit, do you tank? No, you play, but you, your play is still not going to be good enough. I mean, they're good. Uh, And trust me, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like, I mean, um, like I honestly, <laughs> I'm really shocked right now. I did not see that they signed Deshaun Elliott, mm-hmm. uh, and that is a huge signing. Uh, that is massive, and and seeing them sign him, I mean, like you said, the, their O line one of the best in the NFL. You have a two headed monster in Swift and Williams. You have weapons on the outside. Um. I mean, you need a guy. I mean, Romeo Aquaro is pretty good, but he's not that elite level number two rusher. But, like, I mean, you have solid guys throughout your roster. So, Um, and you like, they have two firsts next year, their own and, and, um, uh, LA's. Oh, yeah, for the trade for, yep. And then you probably, I think they might have another pick too next year as well from LA. But you have those picks, then you'll get comp picks and stuff, depending on if you have whatever. They'll be able to finish off this roster, I think, next year. If they want a quarterback, um, which I think they will, uh, they'll be able to go get one, either a rookie or a, a veteran if they want to. 
um, with the amount of ammunition they have. And then finish off the roster with, they probably need some linebacker help um, and maybe another corner and then an edge opposite Hutchinson. But a lot of the pieces are in place. I think next year, if they hit a lot of their, if they hit the quarterback um, and maybe another wide receiver or something and then bangle it, on defense like they did this past last year and what i mean by that is just attack free agency with your defense to fill in those holes what buffalo has been known to do that this team could be a team that competes next year i think they have a they with a weak nfc i don't think they make the playoffs or anything like that but i think they could play they played teams tough last year yeah i think they could play teams even tougher and maybe win a couple extra games do you want them to do that because or no but but they still – they can do that, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, Dan Campbell, like you said last year during the season, I, I would really have played. I hope Dan Campbell doesn't get fired. Like, if they lose <laughs> if and they, they do have, bad. Like, the top two or three picks, oh, I hope that – because it, he I think, has I think, this – he has the formula. He I think has the, the city, pieces. I think the city of Detroit would boycott – I think you have to give him the third year. If, if he does not do well this year and they have another top three pick, and you have to give him that, like, have him take the quarterback, and then that's when this timer starts. If that third year sucks with the quarterback and they're just awful, the quarterback's a bust, get rid of him. Yep. But you need to give him that third year because he's building a culture and a program that looks oh. really good. Yes. All right. On that note, we've been talking a lot. We are going to end this episode. We are probably going to have more about this draft because – Season started. It's official. The NFL has begun um, with that. And next week, you know, we'll probably be on there talking more about basketball, more about if Josh is on for some reason, like we keep saying, if we can get him on, we're going to talk hockey because uh, he he is our resident expert and the playoffs are up and we just don't know enough to really have good, good conversations. Series. Yeah, They're there's a lot series. of good series, but we just don't know enough to have good conversations about it. So, and if you guys know, please hit us up with it. All right, on that note, we'll see you next week.